Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ipe. How are you today, Pastor Fanu? I'm doing great, Emily. As always, excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we've got a special guest again today, and he's going to be talking to us really about uh, multiple things, but he's he's going to talk to us about finding his identity in Christ and also looking at he's a worshiper, he's a songwriter, he's a single, he, uh, single. he released a single, and so he's going to really be talking talking to us about the creative side and how to navigate your way in the church because sometimes we're not always uh, directed or geared towards that and then also in the midst of his journey how he found his identity so you know, Pastor Fanu, why don't we talk to some of our listeners out there who maybe are, you know, have this creative mind and are trying to find their place in the church. What would you say to them? Well, you know, Emily, I think one of the things about God is God, God is always on the move. He's always doing something new. He's always, you know, breaking the box. And it's funny, uh, you know, the way we operate is every time God does something, we want to build a box around it. And then we want to celebrate it, worship it. And this is the way it's going to be until God decides, you know what, uh, I think you're worshiping that more than you're worshiping me. Me, so I'm going to do something new. And so God's constantly uh, revealing things and showing things. And I think uh, God speaks to those who are prophetic in the in the body and those who are creative in the body and shows them uh, what he wants to do. And people that are called in, on mission uh, as creatives, uh, you know, worship uh, leaders or media people, uh, dance, uh, uh, you know, art of different kinds, uh, they sometimes come up against a lot of resistance. But I want to encourage you, if you are that person and you have that gift and God is showing you something that you're like, I really don't know how this fits into my church. I want you to know, number one, that God's church is bigger than your local church. So just because it doesn't fit in there at this point doesn't mean that God's not speaking to you. But secondly, that sometimes people will catch up to what God is doing in your life and through your life after the fact. As long as you live in honor and you are submitted to authority and you surround yourself uh, self with uh, mentors who have wisdom and can, can offer you counsel, uh, I think you should go for what God's placed on your heart, you know? And also I want to say this, Emily, and I'm really excited about our guest today because we're highlighting individuals right in the GTA, you know? And it's amazing for me as we do this podcast and I don't know, I don't even know which podcast we're on right now, but we've done a, uh, a quite a few podcasts so far. And we've had so many different people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different ethnic cultures, different giftings and talents. And it's amazing to see um, how God speaks to so many, you know, diverse groups of people mm-hmm. To fulfill his mission. Yeah. So, and I say that to encourage those of uh, you that are listening to us to say, God's got a place for you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what your background is, what your talent is. God mm-hmm. has got a place for you in his kingdom. And you can be you, uniquely yeah. you, and still fulfill God's mission for your life. That's so good. And, you know, God gives us these giftings and talents for a reason. And so, you know, as we invite our guests on today, he's going to really be kind of talking about that journey and discovering his gifts, his identity in Christ, and now how he's using that to fulfill his mission. So let's bring on our guest today. We'd like to welcome Jerome Ransom to the podcast. Welcome, Jerome. Welcome. Let me hi. We're so glad to have you on today. Thank you. So why don't you start off by just describing to our listeners a bit about uh, your story, your journey, and how you came to know the Lord. 
So I've always grown up in the church, but it was when I was a teenager, around 15, I was at a youth camp, um, actually here in Coburg. Okay. <laughs> and um, there was a speaker this one night, and my heart started racing quite heavily, and I felt, for the first time, I really believe that was at one time I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit generally for myself, and I understood it. I understood the closeness of God that we can actually experience as believers. And it hit me so strongly that I actually ran to the altar and got on my knees and gave my life to the Lord. And I understood that from that moment on, I would never be the same. I and, just knew I and, wouldn't be the same. And what was it, Jerome? Like you said, you grew up you know, in the church, mm-hmm. right? But what was that moment? And I, and I say this because there yeah. are sometimes, there are many people probably listening that do go to church, but yeah. they haven't really experienced yes. what you're experiencing. You know, you're yeah. talking about your heart racing and they're like, why would your heart race in church? You know, yeah. like what was, what, was, what was different about that moment? Would you say as you go back and reflect on that moment that, that things changed for you, that, that God called you to a, an actual commitment to, to follow him? You know, I, I've learned to come that there's no such thing as chance for believers. I don't believe believers should even function in that mentality, believing that things happen by chance. Mm-hmm. If he says he knew your days before one came to be, that means he knew that the moment that you would encounter him, the moment you'd be put in a position where you'd understand that he's real and he's there for you. And so I... I was just ignited with something greater than myself in that moment. And that's the only way I can put it because there was no words for it. I couldn't put words into it. All I knew was that I felt something greater than myself was around me. Wow. And something greater than myself was drawing me unto it unto himself and i learned later on and more it's the holy spirit yes it's the presence of the lord and um that's where my growth began and what changed in your life after that moment what was it like it um it it was a journey (laughs) even being in church for my entire life i began to realize that you know what serving the lord is a daily thing it is not something that is like you try for a day and then you take a break. I find the moment you take a break, you you revert back to the old ways. Mm. Mm. It's very, very simple to do that. I think that's why scripture talks about that, you know, where it talks in Romans where, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. Right. The things I do want to do, I don't end up doing. And the reality is that um, I began to see that as like, if I don't spend time with him, if I don't set some time apart for him, I revert back to the old man, as the, you know, the scripture says, to the man that is dead, the resurrected, you know, uh, and resurrecting something that is no longer supposed to be a part of who you are now today. And we as believers, and I mean, I don't, I'm throwing it out there because I know for myself when I don't do that, I, I almost sometimes forget who and what my identity is. Mm. Um, I really truly found my identity and my understanding of who I am when I got myself lost in his presence. Wow. And this wasn't when I was in church. This was not when I was around friends. Like, like I said when I at the beginning where I felt this drawing, I would be in my room and I would just 
begin to absorb the word and I'd begin to be drawn into worship in the presence of God. And I, I didn't know why, but I, I began to realize that God was drawing me for a greater purpose to come. Mm. And so I would spend hours in his presence and I'm, this is not for boasting sakes. This is just truly my journey. I would, I would be so caught up in his presence that in the midst of it, he began to do healing in me that wow. was far beyond any human healing can take place. And so I began to, you know, to see myself the way God began to see me. And that's with purpose and with destiny and with hope and beginning to see that you know your identity is never found in a person mm. and too much of people in the church find their identity in the expectations of others yes. and hopefully you know what do, does does that person think of me or sh- how do i you know create myself so i can be what they expect me to be and god is like you're losing sight of why i created you you do yourself an injustice because there's no one like you. And the beauty of his DNA that he put inside of you, no one else can capture. And I began to see my DNA because of the way he began to see me. And I was captured by, you know, many times where I'd be in his presence and all I could do was weep. I don't know for some people, like, that's them, but I was a pretty sensitive soul in the first place, but... I would just weep and I began to realize that sometimes there was healing in tears. Wow. There was um there was a drawing in tears. Mm-hmm. There's there's something beauty and mm-hmm. beautiful in tears and the shedding of tears. Um there can be a washing. You see mm-hmm. in the scripture the washing yes. of Mary washing Jesus' feet with her with tears. tears. Yeah. And then breaking the alabaster box, you know, all over her all over his feet. And I began to see, you know what, there's something great in breaking. I I talked to a lot of my, you know, people who encounter me after like in ministering or singing and they're like, how do you do what you do? I said, it's through brokenness. I said, um, I've allowed myself through many painful situations to let God just do the surgery that he wanted to do. And in doing so, it produced a costly anointing in my life. It's the kind of anointing where, you know, it's only divinely coming from, you know, the the treasure he had in heaven for me and he's pouring it out over me. And in the midst of that, I, I began to see this is so much more fulfilling than what other people think of my. (laughs) And so I was like, I I got lost now. And I was like, you know, for a long time, there was that point where I was just like, I was, I was kind of a people pleaser and I didn't want to be that anymore. I was like, this doesn't fulfill. And I'm like, God says, Jerome, you just stop striving. Just don't strive. And in the moment I stopped just striving, I began to see myself in the way he's always envisioned and seen me and fearfully and wonderfully made. I think that's, I mean, you've said so much there already. Uh, There's so much to unpack. But as we talk about the mission of God for our lives, uh, I think one of the points that you made is profound is that you know, you're going to be able to to fulfill God's mission. And we talk about this all the time, that God's mission for your life generally will involve um, people around yes. you, that you're going to be called to serve. Yeah. But, you know, your point about serving people, in your case through worship, actually comes from this place of brokenness in your own life. Can you mm-hmm. sort of 
expand on that a little bit. I'll tell you why I'm saying this, Jerome, because I think sometimes in North American culture, North American Christian culture, I think we find ourselves at the intersection between faith and you know, celebrity, mm -hmm. faith and Hollywood, right? Yeah. This idea that if you're talented, if you're gifted, there's certain things you do, certain connections you make, certain churches you go to, et cetera, et cetera. So you can sort of get ahead. And, and when you do get to this place, you know, you're sort of soaking in the limelight, soaking in, yeah. the, in the experience of the moment to say, wow, look at where I've gotten to, right? But this idea that you're talking about is preparing yourself for ministry, no matter what level and scale God has decided for you to be in ministry at, it, it really starts with brokenness. It really mm -hmm. starts with identifying. And, you know, the Bible talks about this in Hebrews that we have a high priest who understands yes. our brokenness because he allowed himself to be broken, right? Yes. I mean, you think, think about the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus, you know, literally broke down before the Father and, and he felt the pain yes. of humanity, the pain of sin, you know? Mm -hmm. So expound on that a little bit more because I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't understand that. And they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're ministering out of not the outflow of that intimate presence of God and brokenness in the presence of God, the ministering out of, yes, this is my, my talent, this is my ability, and I want to be able to serve, quote unquote, as many people as possible. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and, and, and to be frank with you, it's very hard to know you know, who's doing it out of what intention? Only the yeah. Lord will one day reveal that. But if you were speaking to somebody that is extremely talented, that's very mm -hmm. capable, and mm -hmm. you're saying to them, listen, you need to be careful that, you know, the source of your ministering yeah. comes from the right place. What would you say to them? How would you counsel them? Well, you know, God told me a long time ago that um, to be real and even to the real to the point where, you know, it it's costly to you. Mm -hmm. um, I went through three different times where I went through personal counseling because of just situations as a child. And yeah. um, I was faced with embracing the painful parts of my life that I didn't want to. And in doing so, um, God trusted me with more because I was able to trust him with my pain and bring it before him and put it into his hands. It's very hard to lay your pain into, into the hands, especially of the father, to sometimes, for a lot of people, they have trouble with their earthly fathers. Father, yes. Um, I had a wonderful dad. I have a wonderful dad. He's an amazing man. Um, but when it came to God, sometimes, you know, I sometimes saw him like if I messed up or if I did something wrong that he wouldn't see or love me the way that, you know, I had no true understanding that God loves unconditionally. Yes. And so I went through a period uh, during my teenage years where I was faced with, um, uh, I'm going to be quite real here. Sure. I have no problem Please being real go ahead. here. Yeah. And um, experiencing with going through molestation and going through that, and I had to face it. Mm. And so going through that, the Lord began to, literally let a song rise up within me like he truly drew me through music music wow. was one of the greatest source of healing for me because he began to you know zephaniah 317 talks about he says he, he takes great delight over your jerseys over you with singing and dancing and he began to put songs in my heart i began to sing songs that were not on the screen at church i would just begin to sing out of my soul 
And I felt like, you know, when David says, um, my soul so downcast, and, you know, I begin to rise up and sing in the midst of my, my pain. Wow. And in the midst of doing so, I began to understand that there's freedom in embracing that which you do not want to face. And there's too many Christians that are afraid to face the painful parts of their lives, but that could be the very thing that unlocks their destiny. Wow, that's profound. Yeah. So I began to run towards it because God was just, you know, bringing me joy in places where, you know, I never thought I can experience such great joy and, and happiness. And um, it's funny when I'm on stage, I'm very in, focused and intense, but when I'm off stage, I'm very quiet and um, quite spoken, as you can tell. <laughs> um, but it's my nature. But God began to move against my nature and made me put me in these uncomfortable situations where he's like, Jerome, you know what, you know, I've, you know, you may have that nature of the, of a lamb, but sometimes you need to be a lion Mm. and you need to take on part of my attributes Mm. because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I began to have this call of like war in my spirit where I would just begin to like, I don't need to be this person anymore. I don't need to see myself the way sometimes other people see me. And you need to roar in the face of it. And so I began to sing like um, like I was the only person in the room. And you're kind of like joining in with me with, you know, this, this place I was with every time I gone onto a stage and began to open my mouth. I felt like when, I, when I'm singing, I'm in my true element. Mm. I'm understanding why I was put on this earth. One of the reasons why, but it was one of the real main reasons I've just like God placed me here. Um, and so I cultivated a true lifestyle of worship. And anytime that, you know, I began to lose sight of who I was, God says, run back to that place that you know. Mm-hmm. It's, your, it's, in your, it's in my presence that you're found. Mm. It's in my presence wow. that nothing else matters. It's in my presence that your destiny and your purpose is await. Wow, I think that is uh, that is so powerful. You know, as you were talking, uh, Jerome, I was thinking about my own life, and you know, God's part of what God called me to do was pray for the sick, and and that came out of me being sick and bedridden for months mm-hmm. when I was in my teenage years, and I remember crying out to God in the midst of my pain, worshiping for hours, fasting and praying, and in, in those moments. God gave me a deposit of faith to believe for people that were suffering with sickness and to be able to be compassionate and understand what they were going through. And uh, I, I think that's it's just incredible what you're talking about. And, and it's, uh, you know, I, I just want to encourage all of our listeners, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, mm-hmm. uh, if you can embrace that and and embrace God in that and through that, there's no telling what God can do through your life. And just, it's like, I, I think about Mary breaking that alabaster box, yeah. you know, and that precious ointment that flowed mm-hmm. out. And sometimes there's, there's that thing locked up inside of you and it's it's in your brokenness in the presence of God yes. that that anointing flows out of your life. Yes. And, you know, I think, too, as Drome's talking and, you know, even in my own personal situation and stuff is 
we sometimes think, okay, God's given me this gift and how can I use it? But God desires for us to first minister to him yeah. with it. So that moment of, of worship on his own. I remember growing up, I was on dance teams, but it came out of, uh, I was never a singer. I'm not good at singing. Like I just <laughs> oh, don't, don't have that. it. No, <laughs> I just on. don't have it. It's not All in things me. things are possible now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I would start to just move to, worship songs in in my room while I'm worshiping God and from that you know I was able to start to do worship dance and and minister to people but it first came out of that ministering to God with our talents and our gifting that that's the first place and out of that flows this anointing to other people and you know even my husband who's he's creative mind in another way in turn with media and graphics but Years ago, he before he was working for a church or any company, he would just go on his computer and he would start to make up posters for a church event. Like he made it up completely, but he was using that gifting to go, okay, I know that this is something that I can use um, to minister to people. Mm-hmm. And so how can I, you know, begin to develop that? And how can I have those intimate times with God where he's, he's, we're ministering to him. And out of that, there's flowing this anointing. And so that's powerful when we think of if you're creative in the church or, or you have something that you're like, I'm not sure how to use this gifting. You know, I'm not sure where I fit here in the church. How can you first minister to God in it? And from that, God will position you into a place of, of influence with it. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, You got to minister to God first. And I remember those days when I was sick and I didn't know if I'd ever get to minister to anybody else. But I I tell people all the time that was the those were the times when I really had a face to face encounter with God, where I really Mm -hmm. got to know God. Mm -hmm. And Jerome, listening to your story, sounds like it was in those moments of brokenness where you really encountered God and you really ministered to the Lord. And your ministry to people today is an outflow of that ministry to God first. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always say to, I've had chances to, you know, speak with other people who are coming into worship or coming into a place where they like, how, you know, how do I function in, you know, a place where, you know, I show forth authority. I said, well, authority is found first and foremost when you learn to submit. And you even see to the centurion in the Bible, mm-hmm. he submits to authority, That's right. but he possesses authority. That's right. And so, you know, I, every time that I submitted in church and whatever, God entrusted me with more and more and more because he says, if you're willing to submit for the little, I can give you a touch more. And it's not saying that he's going to unfold this explosion of authority because too much authority can destroy. Um, I, I just learned that when I'm just willing to be open at whatever moment he wants me to be, then I'm doing exactly what he's asking me to do in season and out of season, you know. That's incredible. Uh, You know, I I think this sort of leads us to this point where, you know, I want to talk briefly about your mission in life today. Mm -hmm. Jerome, everything you've been through, um, experienced the brokenness, encounters with God in private, what has that led to today? Where do you find yourself and what would you say is your mission uh, in life, both from a, you know, from a sense of your overall destiny and also mm-hmm. from a practical sense of where you are applying that today uh, in your life? Well, um, I'm all about purpose. Okay. 
So helping other people really understanding that they have a purpose in their life, that you're not just another nameless name walking around, Mm. and understanding not just that you're you're named in heaven, that he knows you, distinctively knows you, Um, but he also know that you begin to understand that he has a plan and a purpose, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, yes. plans to prosper you, to mm-hmm. give you a hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And understanding that your hope and your future does not lie in the hands of men; mm-hmm. it hands it lies in the in the purposes of the Lord. And I'm reminded where it says, "Many of the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord who directs them all." And so understanding that, first and foremost, anything that God is about to unleash you to, your purpose, your destiny, even God positions you around the right people. Mm -hmm. Even God will situate you around the right people at the right moment, the right time. And you know what? I believe that this is a time where seasons are changing in people's lives. And you need to embrace the season you're about to walk into. Mm -hmm. But there's seasons. And you need to understand the season you're in. Mm -hmm. And you know, spend that time with the Lord and understand the understanding of what this season is going to unfold for you. Mm. And so um, I believe with all of my heart that, you know, I'm here to leave a mark of what the DNA that God placed inside of me. I will not leave this earth without leaving an imprint of of what God has done within me in someone else's life. I said this to the Lord. And I think every person should say that, you know what, when you leave this earth, that's some positive deposit of what God has done in you and how he created you lies in someone else's life. And so I want that. I want that, you know, whoever I come in contact with that, they don't, they don't just remember me. They remember what's within me, the words that come and that I convey, the conviction that I come forth in. And that it comes across with passion and it comes across as real. It comes across as something that is genuine and not counterfeit. And so I, I just want to leave a mark. And, and how do you do that, Jerome? And I think this is where I want to encourage the influencers that are listening to us right now mm-hmm. that say, Jerome, you're inspiring me right now because yeah. I'm in a place of influence in yeah. ministry or maybe not just in the church, but outside the church, but yeah. I'm a Christian. And I have been given and trusted with the place of authority or a place of influence. Mm-hmm. How, how can I do this? How can I leave that imprint in someone else's life? What would you say to them? You have to know the one who first and foremost created you. And, you know, um, Psalms 139 talks about that. He says, you know, he, he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, hidden in your mother's womb. And even in the dark recesses, he knew you. Understanding that, you know what, um, you will never understand how you can impact someone's life until you understand yourself. You must embrace every part of who you are. Don't be afraid of the negative parts of who you are. Because you know what? People are more drawn to realness mm-hmm. than putting on a counterfeit face. Wow. And many people in the church have counterfeit faces. That's right. Because we think that if we put on this face, they're going to like us better. Or they're going to want to you know, be around us. But that's not the case. We live in a world that is frayed. We live in a world that is very corrupt. And God is dealing with our own personal corruptness within our soul. And in doing so, it begins to reveal the trueness of why God created us. He created us to be that pure, you know, light of who he is. He is utter light. 
He is utter truth. He is utter love. And in doing so, people can see that reflection in and through your, you know, your outer appearance and the things that, you know, come out of your mouth, the things that, you know, that you convey through your actions. So that's what I would say. It was like, be authentic, be authentic. Mm -hmm. Don't people these days can tell fakeness a mile away. Mm. So Mm -hmm. just lay the fakeness at the cross, lay the fakeness uh, because God can handle it. And you know what? People are looking for you to be real, even with your shortcomings. Mm. Because it's the shortcomings that brought on the church. Look at the disciples. They had many, many, many shortcomings, but that didn't stop them from affecting the entire earth. That's right. So that's awesome um you know we're out of time and i can't believe we're out of time already but uh, we need to wrap up and uh jerome is there any final um like a final word that you may want to share directly to somebody that's in that place where you you were at of of brokenness or well may, they may not even have come yeah. to the place of brokenness yet but where they, they've <laughs> sort of struggled with things in their life you know mm-hmm. that have happened to them and they're trying to find their way to god and find mm-hmm. their way uh not just to god but also to their destiny and purpose what would you say to them uh if you were going back to, and talking to yourself while mm-hmm. you were in your early teen years what would you say to that person today that it's okay for you to let your guard down. And in letting your guard down, um, you may be surprised on how much the pain may be intensified, but how in the midst of your pain and in the intensity of your pain, God can bring such an utter peace that is beyond your understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's what I began to comprehend. In the midst of my pain, he began to release a peace that was beyond my earthly understanding. And I began to rest in it. And I began to just trust that this, I think I'm going to be okay through the midst of this journey. So, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Jerome. I know that's going to be an encouragement to people who are going through that. You know, even as you're speaking, I... As you were talking, I was thinking of Hagar and how she was actually running from her pain. She was running from the rejection or the shame that she had uh, felt. And yet God stopped her. And first of all, he spoke, you know, he's the God that sees and hears her. And then he actually told her to go back to the very place where that pain was coming from. Right. But to not to let it um, drown her, but really to to walk in victory over it. And I think, you know, as you're talking, that really is the encouragement and the story and the and the key to people is to really embrace that because even in the midst of pain there is peace because god is peace and so thank you so much for being on the show today we appreciate that it's gonna be a powerful story for people to hear thank you jerome we appreciate you being here no problem uh emily i thought that was an incredible interview you know i felt like i was sitting with uh, a wise um, a, a person with such incredible wisdom mm-hmm. and uh, such depth. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, just um, every other sentence could be a sermon in and of itself yeah. <laughs> uh, from Jerome with uh, today. So uh, I, I, I thought that was just incredible. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, there was something he was talking about there when you asked him about, you know, how can, what would you say to people who are helping others? And he mentioned about first knowing your own identity in Christ. And I think of the scripture that talks about, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so 
in order to be able to love others and to be able to pour out to others like Jerome is doing, it's true. You need to know yourself. You know, that scripture indicates that you are to love others as you love yourself. So loving who you are and who God's created you to be is so important. And that includes some of the painful or weak moments in life. And I think, you know, when you look at the Bible, I mean, God chose people that were broken. Mm-hmm. And he used them in spite of their brokenness and maybe sometimes because of their brokenness and through their brokenness yeah. to impact people's lives. And so I thought that was just such an encouragement. And so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're going through something and you're saying, Pastor Fanu, I've been disqualified because of what I've been through and because of what's happened to me. I want you to know, friend, that God has a purpose, uh, not just in spite of what's happened to you, but actually through that, he's going to allow you to impact the lives of so many people. And that as you allow yourself to be broken before God and you deal with those issues with God in the private places of your life, God will allow that anointing, as we talked about that alabaster box, that anointing to flow out from you and touch the lives of so many. So thank you again for being a part of this Mission Connect podcast. Uh, Please remember to subscribe on iTunes and on Google Play and also reach out to us uh, online at passiontreach.com. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.